Welcome to the Dating After Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Shade Curry, and I believe every divorced woman deserves a romantic relationship where she feels safe, loved, and cherished. You can create the most amazing life after divorce, and I will teach you how. Hello, ladies. Welcome to episode eight. And today we are going to talk about self-doubt and why I married my ex, because those two things are so connected. But first, happy International Women's Day. I am recording this on the 8th of March, 2021, and it's International Women's Day. And I just want to celebrate myself And I want to celebrate all of my listeners who are women and my audience and my clients and all the women who make the world go wrong. We are amazing. We are amazing. And I can't even begin to tell how glad I am to live in a world where women exist. Like seriously, we are the bomb.com. I could go on, but then I would use the entire podcast to talk about how much I love the women in my life, how love, how much I love being a woman, how much I appreciate and love my daughter and my friends. Being a woman is awesome, and we are just getting started. Now, that leads me right into the topic of self-doubt, because one of the reasons I married my ex-husband was because I had a lot of self-doubt, and I'll tell you the details. But I think some of that self-doubt is, was also very related to what I had been taught about my capacity and my ability as a woman, which is really what makes this topic so important on a day like International Women's Day. I had believed so many stories about myself and my abilities, and those stories created so much self-doubt that it took me down the path of being in a marriage that was extremely unhealthy and really not wasting 17 years, but living a very unproductive 17 years with my ex-husband. So let's get into the story. All right. I met my ex-husband in college, right? And I was a freshman. He was, um, I don't know, he might have been in his fourth year or his fifth year, but he was quite a bit, he's five years older. And we were, we met at a, a campus fundraising event. The, the Department of Chemical Engineering was raising funds for the student government chapter, et cetera, et cetera. So they paired, you know, the students up so you would go raise money at the different corporations that had pledged, you know, money to support the student government. All right. So I was paired with him and we went to a couple of places that were on our list. And then it's interesting. Um, I think we went to two places and then we had about five or six. And after about the second one, he was like done. Like I was the freshman, like I didn't know what we were doing. He was supposed to know exactly what he was doing. Right. And he was like, okay, let's go get lunch. And then we got lunch and talked And after that, he started showing a lot of interest, you know, wanting to take me out, wanting to date. And at that time, 
I was not interested at all. I knew he was interested, but I was not interested at all. There were just certain things that I was looking for in uh, someone that I would date that he didn't have. He still didn't have them when I dated him later, but you'll understand why I changed my mind later. Um, and I was like, nope, he wasn't, in, in my mind, he wasn't um, spiritual enough in the way that I was looking for someone who was spiritual. He didn't connect with me on some of the things that I was really interested in at that time. So I just kind of quietly removed myself from that, you know, from that possibility of dating him um, and didn't return his interest. Now, we did stay in the same circle of friends for um, the next couple of years. So in terms of a campus fellowship, which is like, you know, the religious organizations on campus, we were in the same department. So we had a lot of friends of friends. and that actually created a false sense of safety for me later on. Um, probably, I think about two years later, I can't quite remember the timeline. So it was a little more than two years later when we when we reconnected. But we stayed in the same circles, right? So then he had grad he graduated. I went on to date um, two or three other people over the next few years, and then he circled back and uh, got in touch again. So he actually initiated. Um, contact about three years after we had met and renewed his interest in in dating me again. Now, I was a very different person at this point than uh, that very first year. At this point, I was... um, I had dated, so I dated like two or three people and it hadn't worked out. And there was a lot of drama around some of those relationships. And it was like, oh, it's not going to work out for me. I was in transition because I was uh, moving to the United States to finish up my college degree. And I had gotten a scholarship to a school. So there was like this like flux that I was in. There was just this space of so many things were happening. I wasn't as close to my campus friends because I was in transition and moving out. I had handed off like my leadership positions with my campus fellowship. There was just that sense of loss and the stress that you're going through when you're moving or when things are changing. And so when he reached out, it was like, oh, this is great. At that time, it felt like it was great because I'd had a recent breakup. So ladies start, you know, kind of, I'm sure you know exactly what's going on. I had had a recent breakup. I was in transition and was in a sense losing, not in a bad way, but losing, moving away from some of the relationships I'd had and was experiencing that sense of loss that, oh no, I'm, I'm moving away. I'm not going back to campus after my internship. So I had left campus. I was doing an internship. And I knew that after that internship, I would not return back to college. So there was that sense of loss because I was leaving the country. And then it was like, oh, then there's this person who I knew and we had friends of friends and he's really nice and he's very interested. And to me, it looked like we were moving in the same direction. So it felt like the people I was leaving behind were like, they were over here and I was moving over here and feeling really sad and alone that I was moving away, but here was someone who was also moving away. So it felt like, oh, this is great, right? We can move away together. But underneath what seemed like a logical reason for connecting with him and dating and eventually getting married was self-doubt about my ability 
to do the things that I had set out to do. Underneath that was, I wasn't sure that I could go in the direction that I was planning to go in on my own. I wasn't sure that I could achieve all the things I was setting out to achieve on my own. Right At that point in time, I knew that I was um, wanting to have a, a career in communications and in media. I knew I wanted to be a speaker. We, what is a life coach now? <laughs> At that time, was called motivational speaker. You don't find too many motivational speakers these days. You find more you know, life coaches who also speak or speakers who also do other things. But then all, all I knew about was a motivational speaker. I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I wanted to serve people and I wanted to change lives. I knew I wanted to read and study the brain and apply those principles um, to people's lives. I knew this way back at age you know, 19, 20, 21. This is not, my career now is not new at all to me. But I, I doubted my ability to accomplish this big dream. Do you wonder exactly how divorced women just like you are meeting eligible men who want a real relationship and a commitment? They're doing it by dating with their core values. Your core values are the GPS that lead you to the partner you've been looking for. When you use your core values on dating apps text messages, and at social events, you will easily connect with your true match partner without chasing, settling, or wasting time with non-committal men. I have taught exactly how to do this in the two-hour Core Values Dating Blueprint course available on my website, shadecurry.com forward slash dating. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y dot com forward slash dating. You will learn exactly how to identify your core values and use them on your dating profile, how to ask the right questions via text, and how to tell the right stories on dates so that you attract the right people and repel those who aren't right for you. If you're ready to meet your true match, hop over to shadecurry.com forward slash dating or click the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. And that self-doubt is what blinded me to whether or not this person that I was partnering with was good for me, right? The fact that he seemed to supply everything that I felt I didn't have blinded me to really taking a good look at his character and taking a good look at um, how compatible we were and taking a good look at whether his actions matched his words. And I always talk about what part we had in being in the relationships that we were in. I tell my clients, listen, we have to go back and figure out why you got into this relationship, because if you don't deal with whatever that is, you're going to do it again, or at least you're going to be on a long, hard road trying to escape it and still having to come back to deal with it. And one of the things I'm so grateful for when I got divorced in my coaching and recovery journey is that I was so willing and so open to examining my story and examining the errors in thinking that I had both before and during my marriage. And I was so willing to open myself up to correcting those. And I will say I'm so thankful for that because it really accelerated my journey in 
rebuilding my life, designing the life that I wanted, getting into a healthy relationship, a lot of that came from my willingness to really take a look at how did I get to where I was, right? I know my ex had his issues and trust me, I can tell you so much about what he did and how terrible he was and all of that stuff. And some of that will be in my book, hint, hint, the book is coming out. Um, But more important than what he did was how did I get there? What was my part in doing there? Not my part in being a bad wife or a terrible partner because I wasn't, I was the best, right? Not that, but how did I choose to be in that relationship? What got me in it, right? And what kept me there and what made it so hard for me to fix things that were going wrong? And that's where understanding that I had a lot of self-doubt came to the surface. The self-doubt at the time that I got into my first marriage had me always questioning myself. Could I do it? Was I capable? Was I smart enough? Was I hardworking enough? Was I educated enough? Was I productive enough? Was I pretty enough? All the enoughs. Was I enough? And when your brain is asking you questions, it always has an answer. It never stops at just the question. And the underlying answer that my brain was giving me at this time was that the answer was a no. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not capable enough. You can't do it on your own, right? And that thought error, that error in thinking, that limiting belief led me to connect with someone else that I thought would make me enough, someone else with whom I would have the capability of achieving everything that I wanted. So I tell this story today on International Women's Day because women get so much messaging from the world that we are not enough. Now, this isn't unique to women. Um, Many men also have uh, families of origin or situations that put them in the Uh, in the place of believing that they're not enough. Like, I'm not denying that. That totally happens. However, (laughs) there are some unique things about women that, in a sense, multiply the messaging that comes at us, right? It's like when something goes wrong, it's the woman's fault, and she needs to fix it, and she needs to put it together. And when all things are equal, the woman is still seen as being less than, right? And I won't go down all of the ways that that happens. I know there's a lot of um, discussion in the world today about messaging that women get. I want to focus more on how it happens in the family of origin, because that's really how it came about for me. I grew up in a society where women got a lot of messaging around not being enough. So that was there. But there are also women who grew up in the same society, but got a different messaging from their family of origin. And that turned out to be more than enough to keep them out of toxic situations. So I believe or have a theory that even when the world is sending a negative message, if you have people who are close to you, if you are raised by people who give you the right messaging, it's more than enough to overcome the messaging that comes from the world. So a family of origin that would produce a lot of self-doubt in a person would be the kind of family where nothing is good enough, right? And 
your your grades aren't good enough. You do chores, but it's not good enough. You try hard, but it's not good enough. If your parents were extremely critical or rejecting of you, if there was emotional neglect or if they were emotionally unavailable to you, if you didn't experience that connection or that validation from your parents, um, it can really create this like deposit of self-doubt where you just show up to so many situations with self-doubt, right? You doubt your capabilities, you have low confidence and low confidence can be interesting because you can have low confidence, but still show up on the outside as someone who's driven and successful and high functioning. So that can, that sometimes creates a little bit of a paradox where a woman who shows up and looks like she has it all together really has a lot of self-doubt on the inside. Self-doubt causes you to doubt your intuition which is a a messaging system that really tells you, hey, do you really want to be with this person? (laughs) This person isn't good for you. And when your nervous system is sending you all those messages about someone who is narcissistic, self-doubt will make you question your own intuition, right? Um, Self-doubt can make you feel very small when someone is, um, quote unquote, an authority. So if you're around a pastor or your boss or um, an older person, you immediately regress into this person who has to do something that other people want you to do. Now, how does having self-doubt affect dating after divorce? In so many ways, it affects it in so many ways. If you haven't dealt with self-doubt and really worked through um, that issue, you will doubt your ability to choose a healthy person. You will doubt your ability to learn new dating skills or to show up with confidence. You will allow the people you date to question your judgment. I have talked to women who want to break up with a guy and they go to break up with the person and then the person questions their judgment in breaking up with him. And then they stay in the relationship because this man questioned their judgment and convinced them not to break up with him. Right. There are so many ways that it shows up to like really slow down your ability to get to the relationship that you want. A lot of times self-doubt will cause you to be in indecision about whether or not you want a relationship. So if you are in, in the space where you're like, I don't want a relationship right now and you make that firm commitment to that decision, that's amazing because then you can take all of that brain space and go use it to achieve any number of other goals that you want. When you're in the brain space that I am ready to create a relationship, you can then take that, you can take all of that energy and create the relationship. But when self-doubt causes you to be in indecision, then you're achieving nothing. Your brain space is being taken up by all of the thoughts around, should I, shouldn't I, maybe I should, you decide one way today. You get on an app, you see one thing, you jump off the app, you stay off the app for two days, and the next thing you're back on the app again, rethinking it, or you decide to, you know, to date and you're on the app, but then you can't decide what you want. So many things because your brain is like, we don't know what we want. We don't know how to do this. We're not capable of doing this. And that produces this situation where you act out, not knowing, not deciding, and ultimately not achieving what you want. And then finally, self-doubt puts you in this place where you are people-pleasing. When you're in a lot of self-doubt, you tend to want 
external validation for your decisions. You tend to want people to say, yay, that's a good, that's a good decision. You did a great job. You don't feel in yourself the, uh, the permission to self-govern your life, to make your own assessments of your life and do things your way, no matter what other people think about it. So then it brings in people pleasing. And you make decisions based on what your friends are thinking or what the people around you are going to think or what the person around you is going to date. And you really don't end up living the life that you want. Self-doubt will also make you terrified of failure because you're already not sure and not certain about your capabilities. Any hint of failure just serves to like really drive home the fact that you can't. When you, when you doubt yourself, failing becomes so painful and so shameful. And so you don't risk a lot. You don't put yourself out there. You won't do big things because you're so afraid of how you're going to feel if you fail. However, a person who is confident feels pretty certain that, okay, even if it goes wrong, I can handle it. I can fix it. I can change course. I can adjust and I can make it happen. And ultimately, I'm going to get what I want. So self-doubt is an emotion that you absolutely want to deal with. You want to deal with the thoughts that are fueling the self-doubt so that you can replace those thoughts with thoughts that fuel confidence, that fuel certainty, that fuel permission for you to live your life as a full adult. When you start to work through self-doubt and you shift it into certainty and you shift it into confidence, you shift it into like calmness and being relaxed about situations in your life, it makes a huge difference to how you show up to a dating situation. It makes a huge difference with how you deal with people in your life. It fuels your ability to set boundaries, right? I always tell my clients, listen, you get to have the exact experience that you want. You don't have to just deal with stuff that comes at you. You get to shape and design your experience. And part of that is setting boundaries, deciding who you want in your life and who you don't want in your life and having the courage to uh, make that happen. But when you doubt yourself, you doubt your ability to choose who's going to be in your life. You're like, well, I don't know. I don't know who should be in my life or not. And you allow other people to make all of those decisions for you, thus creating uh, a life and an experience of your friendships and your romantic relationships that are not what you want. You will show up in a way that makes you confident enough not to settle for the person that is not right for you, right? When you're certain about who you want and who your ideal partner is, that certainty and that confidence will make it so easy to tell anyone who doesn't match that ideal partner profile, no thank you. Like you won't even have any drama about it. You won't be spinning and worried about it because you will be so certain about your journey and when you're, where you're going. And finally, dealing with self-doubt, getting it out of the way, building your confidence will cause you to achieve everything you want at the highest level because you will be believing a story that you can versus a story that you can't. So um, in your finances, in your relationship with your children, in the, um, whether it is you want to, your hobbies, I guess, let's say, whether it's traveling, you will start to set goals 
and believe in the fact that you can go after those goals. And that belief will fuel your creativity, your problem solving, your ability to take risks towards those goals. And ultimately, that will serve your ability to actually achieve those goals. Looking back now, taking that really deep dive into what got me into my first marriage and choosing to work through that self-doubt and getting myself to the place where I fully believed in myself, like I could see my own capacity very clearly. This was some of the best work I ever did. Like I am so glad I did that because it set me up to achieve everything that I've achieved. It set me up to be the person I needed to be for the relationship that I'm in. It set me up to be the life coach that I am for my clients. It set me up to be the businesswoman that I am today. So that's my story of self-doubt and how it got me into the marriage that I'm in. And I shared this in honor of International Women's Day, like I said earlier, because I wanted to tell every woman out there that you absolutely can. You absolutely can create the life that you want, but it requires doing this work. It requires a deep dive into everything that's keeping you from having everything you want and believing that you can step out of that lane and into a lane where you make everything happen. Now, this uh, this month, March 2021, I am hosting a webinar titled The Seven Things You Need to Heal in Order to Find um, the Ideal Partner Who is Loving and Who is Healthy. Some version of that statement is the actual title of the webinar. (laughs) And I wanted to offer that to you today on the podcast because I believe that often people are not quite aware of what's between them and the relationship that they want. And I am going to be delving into some of these items that really keep us from um, getting out there and finding the mind that we want. And some of them are things like self-doubt, right? Like self-doubt kept me from getting it right the first time around in my marriage. And self-doubt potentially is keeping some of you from getting it right the second time around, even as you date. So I want to be able to show you what might be keeping you from finding the man of your dream. So I want to invite you to join me on the webinar. You can just go to shadecurry.com and sign up for my email list. All of the details of the webinar, uh, we're hosting it on the 17th of March. All the details about how to join, where to register, what the Zoom link is, etc., will go out by email. So just go to my website and you, or you can go to my link tree in my Instagram and you'll find the information there. We'll get you all signed up and I will see you on the 17th. Thank you for your time and attention and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you are ready to get married after divorce, I want to invite you to download my free eight video training specifically designed to help divorced women date with ease and get married again. Head over to shadecurry.com to get started. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y dot com. I'll see you inside.